Good morning, everybody. Uh, I would really like to bring a couple thoughts to you this morning. So I I had a, um, a client ask me to kind of put together my thoughts on a teaching I did for them uh, last week. And I thought, well, if I'm going to put something together for them, I might as well put it together for everybody. Um, so first of all, let me take you way back. Uh, I'm just going to tell you a story first before I tell you about these uh, principles, okay? So it was high school gym class my senior year, okay? Uh, particularly the six-week volleyball module, right? Um, you guys remember your high school gym classes and they, they kind of made you do um, certain things. Um, well, so the teacher, in all of his wisdom... Uh, knew that there were lots of athletes in the class, right? Because why not? Why not take gym class, right? And so he separated everybody out, and he asked us to be the captains, right? So we were there, and, and we had to pick our teams. Because he knew if he did it some other way, we'd all kind of end up on the same team, right? So there we are. We're, we're looking at these cards. Everybody in the class had a card, right? And we're off to the side and everybody's kind of playing and, and, and we have these cards with everybody's name on them. And of course, all of the captains are trying to pick the winning team, right? Because we're all competitors. And what we would do is we would look at the card and if we didn't know their name, we'd ask the teacher, who is this? And we just kind of watch that, that person playing and, and people would make kind of a judgment call, right? So all of the other captains chose the athletes, the students that, you know, kind of look like they had it all together, or at least the ones that they, they might have known, right, and liked, I kind of went a, a little bit of a different route. Um, I, just by nature of who I am, I thought that that whole process was a, a little weird. Um, and I, I felt like uh, I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. So I chose what I affectionately call the misfits. The weak, the young, the socially awkward. The students that you definitely had to ask the teacher who they were. Basically, the ones that nobody else noticed. So as I was doing this, um, the other captains were kind of watching what I, were, I was doing. And man, they were having a ball, right? They were laughing the whole time, um, asking me questions about why are you doing that, right? And once we all had our teams together, they all decided that we, my team, was going to lose. They said we'd lose and we would lose big. And in the beginning, we did. Okay. I, I, if I had more time, I'd go into how bad it was, but, uh, you picture in your mind how bad you think it happened and, and that's what happened. Okay. <laughs> so I, I just kept going, you know, trusting that, you know, Hey, we're all just going to do our best. And if we're losers, we're losers. It's fine. It's not a big deal. It's just gym class. So I watched, uh, I talked, I encouraged, I modeled, um, I was a, a varsity volleyball player and so I did a lot of modeling for my team, uh, but I also made sure that everybody felt welcome and I really focused on the aspects of creating a team, a cohesive team and I told them regularly, hey, it doesn't matter if we don't win, we just need to do our best, that's all I ask. 
And at the end of the six weeks, you know, whatever happened, whether we won or not, we would all be better athletes. We would hopefully be better friends and, and just be better people in general. And then, you know, I went a, a step above, I guess, and I made sure that I said hello to each of them when, when I was in the hall, whenever I saw them. Um, I didn't ignore them and say, oh, you're not like one of the cool kids, so I'm not going to say hello to you. No, I'm, you're on my team now, right? And before each game, I asked them to think about, you know, what do you want to do or try? Like, what skill do you want to work on? Do you want to work on passing? Do you want to work on spiking? What do you want to do, right? And I asked them to pick a buddy on the team and try to stay connected after class, Okay, so that, you know, sometimes, I mean, just think about your time in high school. Maybe you were that misfit that you were kind of alone. And then when it comes to gym class, you're like, oh, man, I got to play this team sport, right? And then you go back into the rest of your day and you're alone again. And I wanted everybody to feel connected and stay a part of a team, even when we weren't on the court together. So I asked them just to be buddies with each other. Um. Anytime somebody scored a point or passed the ball, even remotely well, <laughs> I made a huge deal out of it, okay? Like, annoying. I knew that I was annoying the other team. Um, but honestly, it wasn't about the other team. It was about my team. And I knew that my players were soaking it up. So after three weeks, um, people could see that we were contenders. We began to win some games. Um, some of the other captains asked, you know, what is your secret? And honestly, I didn't know what to tell them. Um, when the last week started, so that we've gone through five weeks now, we were in third place out of, I think, 12 teams. I got to tell you, nobody saw that one coming. Um, we went up against teams filled with all varsity athletes, and we won. Now, it might not have looked pretty or organized or even fun to watch, but man, I was so proud of my team and how they played together, and they kept learning every single game. I'd love to tell you that we won the tournament, but we came in second. But we came in second. Can you believe that? A group of misfits who were not athletes and knew nothing about volleyball, who weren't connected to each other, and by all accounts shouldn't have even taken that gym class, were winners. I mean, as a leader, what a sense of accomplishment. Now, I, I didn't know it at the time, but I was kind of developing my six-step process for, for um, ch turning misfits into a winning team. Um, just as a side note, I was voted most popular when I graduated that year. I don't say this to impress you at all because I, I couldn't even figure out why, even until a few years ago. You know, this is maybe a couple decades down the road and I finally figured it out. I didn't feel popular. Um, I thought I was a misfit myself. I wasn't like all of the other quote unquote cool kids, right? I just did my thing. But I think this experience was a way to highlight who I was, um, to help other people grow. And as a result, people rewarded me with that title, right? 
Um, a great example of what Zig Ziglar says is if you help enough people get what they want, they'll help you get what you want. If you help your team grow, you'll automatically get what you need. All right, so fast forward um, to a, uh, my time as a school administrator. Um, so when I was hired, we had two staff members and eight children. In one year, we enrolled 125 children and hired 20 staff. That was a whirlwind journey. <laughs> I don't remember a whole lot other than there was a lot of paperwork. Um, but without really knowing what I was doing, I really gravitated towards the misfits again. Um, the young, the inexperienced, the people without degrees and certificates. I hired for their people skills and their desire to learn. I began by casting a vision of what we could do for the community and for each other. Um, we did things like meet regularly to build our team and our dream together. And I intentionally set aside time in my busy schedule to have regular interactions with my staff, both formal and informal. We also met as smaller teams to help each other, um, encourage one another, model, model difficult conversations, things like that. And our organization put money towards several people going back to school to get their degree because that was a requirement. And I made sure that every person, down to even the janitor, had a plan for growth and that I could help them find whatever their next thing was for the future. Now, I didn't realize it at the time, but this was the same process I used in that high school volleyball class. I was able to take all of these quote-unquote misfit teachers and staff and create a winning team that vitalized our community. What a huge honor and privilege that was. And for the past 10 years, I have applied my learning to various situations in the education field. So I've observed, um, I've talked about, I've modeled, I've taught, um, and continue to learn about leadership principles. I've internalized the knowledge of the principles, uh, been able to reflect on my own experiences, and applied the, the six principles I'm going to share with you to various situations. So as a speaker, a trainer, a coach, and a consultant in the education field, I have had the, the privilege of working with hundreds of schools, agencies, organizations, task forces, nonprofits, and regional offices. I've had the pleasure of serving with people at the local, county, regional, state, and national levels. And I absolutely love coming into a group to help uh, to serve, to encourage, and to model growth and leadership. And over time, I, I've noticed something. That the learning model that I, of achievement that I stumbled upon in high school, um, that I really kind of was developing as that school administrator, and I, that I put into a, a more formalized framework through my consultant career, is powerful. It has the power to change groups of seeming misfits into winning teams in record time. I've seen it over and over again. 
And I believe that the secret of it is really in its simplicity. That there's only six things to think about. Um, another thing I've noticed as I work with varying and diverse groups of people is that these principles apply to everyone. Regardless of cultural, historical, socioeconomic, racial, gender, or even age, okay, whatever um, group you're in, this applies to that. The why is the same for everybody. Now, the how might look a little bit different depending on the groups of people, as it should, but the why behind it is the same. And this applies to your personal and your professional life. I, I forget who says it, but I love the quote, how you do things in one area of life is how you do them in all areas of life. So when you apply these principles, let's say to your personal life, you become a better person. And you take this better personhood into your professional life and vice versa. So when you use these six principles in your life, I promise you that you're going to find the results you're looking for, whatever it is that you're looking for. I can promise you this because I've seen it time and time and time again. Okay, so, you know, this call is, is really just to orient you to kind of the backstory and, and give you the six steps. Um, I can easily tell you what the six things are. But I got to be honest, that it's going to take a lifetime for you to really practice them and live them out. Okay, so if you're taking notes, let's let's go one through six. All right. So the first one is um, desire or vision. Okay, this is really knowing what you want and being able to kind of create a picture of that. Okay. Know what you want and create a picture of it. Um, the second thing is common ground. So one thing I find that as I'm working with teams, especially with teams that may be labeled misfit, is that everybody seems to have their own agenda for being there, their own reason. And common ground is really the essence or understanding of what can we agree on? And when, you know, let's say you have a problem, a situation happening, and as long as you can come back to, this is our common ground, this is our goal, this is why desire and vision is so important. Because once you understand as a team, this is what we're doing, this is who we are, this is what we're about, and then you can say, okay, we've got a lot of differences, where's our common ground? When a problem or situation arises, you can go back to that and say, okay, how, how is this helping or hindering us from getting there? Okay. Um, the third principle, and these are not in any sort of order. They're just kind of what I came up with in the moment. Okay. The third one is about connection or influence. So as a leader, I've noticed that much like when I was on that, that volleyball team, I believe that our team was a winning team because I was intentional in my leadership that I was not only making a connection with everybody on my team, but I was encouraging them to make connections with each other. See, you can learn skills in how to play volleyball very well, but one of the things that I learned from the other teams that we were playing, they thought they knew how to play the game, and they, they had skills. They lacked interpersonal skills. 
they couldn't play as a team. They were playing as a bunch of individuals. Makes a huge difference. Um, the fourth one is imagination. So imagination, it is related to vision, but it's also the process of as you're going through, um, you know, doing life, let's say, whether in your personal or professional, you know, problems come up, right? Imagination is the ability to work as a team and figure out what are all of the possibilities that we could choose from to solve this problem. Okay? The fifth one is uh, persistence or what I call the law of process. So understanding that whatever you are doing cannot be built in a day, but it's built daily. Okay, so, so being persistent, coming together as a team and saying, okay, what is our goal? What are the small steps that are going to help us get there? And maintaining that persistence as individuals and also as a group. Great example, you can think of it as, hey, if you're on, uh, let's say, a weight loss journey, right? Uh, one thing that you might choose to do is drink more water, right? So be persistent. Every single day, that's your goal is to just drink more water, okay? And then the last one, which uh, I honestly think this is maybe, it's my favorite for sure, but it might be one of the most important, is the idea of a mastermind group or an inner circle. So one of my favorite books is um, The Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton. And he talks in there about how the people you hang out with, the books you read, and the things that you tell yourself directly influence your body down to a DNA level. It changes who you are. So think about that. Who do you spend the most time with? And what is their influence on you? Because some of you, some of you might need to invite other people into your inner circle, right? Some of you might need a mentor to help you. Some of you might need to disinvite somebody from your inner circle, right? Somebody who's having maybe a negative uh, interactions with you, right? Negative energy. Um, I know that in that volleyball team, you know, when I was just saying, come on, guys, let's, let's do this, and, and then referring others to each other, that's what I was doing. And when I was an administrator, all those little teeny tiny meetings that I had with individuals or a teaching team or um, the whole group together, right? Coming together for a, a particular purpose to learn and grow together. That was huge in taking our group of quote unquote misfits into a winning team. So those are the, the six principles um, again, in, in no order, uh, I highly encourage you just to, to think about those. Um, and also just continue listening to this podcast as well as checking out my blog, uh, because I'm really going to focus on these in the next year. This is, this is going to be the main point of what I talk about. So if you'd like to learn more about these principles and this framework, uh, definitely stay connected. Change your thinking and change your life. That is my promise to you. So with that, I release you into the wild. Go forth and prosper.